not adjust your tracking. You are now listening to the VH Saturday podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to the VH Saturday podcast, the show where we discuss these strange, unusual, odd, and obscure VHS tapes that we find through thrift, gift, and grift. My name is Henry. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm Allison. So this week we watched two tapes of something that I had no idea existed, um, but apparently they have quite a following. Yeah, we had a double feature of Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. Uh, we watched uh, two of them. We watched The Little Mermaid and The Three Little Pigs. We got these over at Al's Music Movies and Games, and it caught our eye because we just see The Three Little Pigs starring Billy Crystal, Jeff Goldblum, and Valerie Perrin. And um, the box just captured our eyes because it says no other children's series has ever been written, produced, directed, and acted by more Oscar, Tony, and Emmy winning artists than Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. Yeah, so um, this show, apparently a lot of people are nostalgic for it. Um, I was born in 91, so I did not grow up watching this. Um, apparently it started airing on Showtime back in 1982. So it was one of the original, um, one of the first original children's programming on cable um, alongside shows like Fraggle Rock on HBO a couple years later. Um, this show has won tons of awards. Um, there is... Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot. Um, how many videos are in this series? I want to say like 12. It was like 12. Yeah. It's been re-released a few times. It's, we have the second release by uh, Razmataz. Uh, there was a release beforehand. Then it was also put on DVD. Some of it apparently is for streaming. And like I said, the, like you mentioned earlier, like with the reference, the, there's a whole video that went viral like 10 years ago of just Shelley Duvall's intro to all <laughs> the episodes. And I had no idea what this was from until literally like an hour or two ago. Um, but I posted these on my personal social media and I had a ton of people w saying they were super nostalgic for them. Some people had watched them in school. Uh, some people were like, what the fuck is that? Some people were even like, hey, can you send those to me because I'm collecting those tapes yeah, and I, I need them. <laughs> one person's like saying, I, I collect those. Here's my collection. I, I need those. Like, okay, <laughs> fine. You can get them after we fucking watch these for the show. But yeah, well, apparently. Um, so another thing that's really charming is when we got these tapes um, on the inside, there's all these like little pieces of paper, little inserts. And one that I really liked was this is like a folded piece of paper. It says, it's magical. Purchase all 12 volumes and receive the princess who had never laughed for free. So maybe our friend who's collecting these, um, they have one of these little, <laughs> you, uh, you're supposed to like fill this out with your proof of purchase of all your other fairy tale theater tapes. Hopefully, uh, Razzmatazz will still offer. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if we ended up like finding all of them, <laughs> right, mailing it to them? You get this beautiful library case to yeah. house all yeah, your VHS you get a box. <laughs> <laughs> so you create a box set. No, that reminds me, actually, like in the mid 90s, I had the Speed Racer movie VHS tape and they had a um, they had a contest of sorts where you you crack this riddle with your decoder watch the tape came with. Oh, my God. You submit it in and they send you um, a blueprint of the Mach 5. Oh my gosh. And uh, I sent this in 97. The tape came out like 93. Uh, I waited all fucking summer. And then they, they sent me back just a letter saying that 
it's uh it's not valid anymore no i um i have actually only ever once done something along those lines when i was a kid um i remember gatorade had this thing where like there were codes on the inside of the cap and if you got like a certain code you could mail it in and get a prize and i remember i actually won like a little gatorade hand towel nice (laughs) but that's the only thing i ever won in the mail but yeah, I don't think Razmataz Entertainment owns the rights to these anymore. Um, if I recall, it was... I don't know. Oh, I think before Razmataz owned it, it was like some company that was... That turned into a um, Hallmark Entertainment eventually. Oh, yeah. Okay, not to be confused with Razmataz Entertainment... Um, who is a, a, a ventriloquist company in... Ventriloquism and magic. In Where? Florida. In Florida. in Florida. In Florida. You can just... Wow. Yeah, if you Google Razzmatazz Entertainment, you'll probably get different results. <laughs> but, uh, one thing that also came with that I thought was really cool was a uh, coloring sheet. Oh, yeah. You get to color this magical castle, mm-hmm. Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater, and uh, you mail it to the reverse side before March 20th, 1997. Wow. And uh, you enter to win a sweepstakes um for a savings bond fairy tale theater color to college sweepstakes that actually does warm my heart that's a five thousand dollar scholarship that like all you had to do was just like (laughs) as a kid color it in color in this castle and they were like yeah okay sure yeah i got a scholarship when i was a kid that was only for 500 like that was my first scholarship that's like one book yeah. Unfortunately, fuck. There's one book. And then there was also um this little insert for uh, Sports Illustrated for kids. Yeah, a subscription to Sports Illustrated for kids. So they, I mean, I've never seen a VHS case packed full with so many different things. I've seen a few, but not that many. This is a lot. It's, there's quite a few. That's there. like three different things in one in one case. So yeah, let's we, the first one we watched though was The Little Mermaid. No, no, we watched uh, The Three Little, little Pigs. Three Little Pigs. Because we were like, Jeff Goldblum is the big bad wolf and I need to see this. Yeah, so we had Billy Crystal, Stephen First, Fred Willard, Jeff Goldblum, Valley Perrin, Doris Roberts. It is literally nothing but real feel actors mm-hmm. we're it's a children's film show actors. yeah film actors not just tv show actors or anything else like that and there's it this is from the 80s and then i'm like wait who the fuck is that and we like <laughs> google it and like look at imdb and it's like oh that's that fucker yeah and it's just like we just don't recognize them because we're used to seeing them old yeah <laughs> this like is when they were young 40 years ago it's insane <laughs> like um like one of the the guy who played the neighbor on Friends in the nineties, like all of a sudden, like oh, yeah, he played um the, the uh, guy selling the bricks the, and the straw. Yeah, the, the marketplace. Yeah, <clears throat> the yeah the little piggies do go to market uh, <laughs> in this. <laughs> there, there's a lot of liberties here, but that just makes sense because the three little pigs is a very very simple story. You can sum up in like five sentences. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> so. I, I'm sorry, I'm dying to make this joke. So I want to say it was one of the producers. Yeah, one of the producers on Fairy Tale Theater is the legendary Fred Fox. Fred Fox. <laughs> um, which some of you may recognize from the Angry Video Game Nerd. There's like a running gag about Fred Fox. <laughs> Fred Fox. Oh my God, Fred Fox. But, uh... <laughs> yeah this is a, so it starts out right mm-hmm. with 
three little pigs inside of a house and uh we got the fat ladies when he's definitely fatter that was a uh, that was a uh, fred willard mm-hmm. and he he's greedy no wait no wait was he the no no no, no. stephen first was the was the fattest one yeah the fat greedy pig he's reading a who, book uh who builds his house out of straw yeah and uh he's he's building out, out a straw because it's quick and cheap and he's it's like foreshadowed right there in the beginning because he's reading a book called the lazy pig's guide to becoming rich and i immediately <laughs> called i was like he builds a house out of straw <laughs> yeah he just calls it he's like that one yeah he's gonna build out a straw i'm like Okay, we're just calling it right now. <laughs> then we get, then we get introduced to Fred Willard, you know, uh, his character. He's a less rotund, uh, <laughs> less corpulent. Corpulent. He's less corpulent. Less corpulent. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, he he doesn't ham it up quite yet. I feel he like he doesn't ham it up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that Fred Willard steals the show in this. I I disagree. I think Jeff Goldblum steals it. Now this was before Jeff Goldblum's like you know big breakthrough. Which what like. Jurassic Park? I feel like it was The Fly. The Fly? I feel like it was The Fly. Okay. In the 90s, he was in a lot more films. Because after The Fly, which was late 80s, then he goes into Jurassic Park in 93. And then in 96, he was in um, um, Independence Day. When did The Fly come out? I want to say 88. Um... 86. 86. Yeah, so this like was in um 84 or 85? Yeah. I'm going to say 85. That tape says 84 on that one. Oh, yeah. No. 84. <laughs> Copyright 1984. Platypus Productions, Inc. Gaylord Production Company. <laughs> Am I immature? I'm sorry. It makes me laugh. Platypus Productions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God. Then we get introduced, though, to Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal's character is Larry the Pig, and he's an artist for some reason. And he plays oboe just in the middle of the living room. He's, like, playing oboe, and they're telling him to shut the fuck up, and (laughs) they don't have a big house. And the mom comes home, who is played by Doris fucking Roberts, who you will recognize from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. I recognize him recognize her uh from grandma's boy Mm -hmm. uh she's in a lot of things yeah Um, she's a treasure but like it's hard to tell who's who because there's a lot of very well done makeup to be perfectly honest yeah and it was like you know they only introduced by name at first like a couple of the actors on the box and so we're watching i was like is that Doris fucking Perkins? I mean, Doris, Doris Roberts? Roberts? <laughs> um, Who's Doris Perkins? I don't know who the fuck Doris Perkins is. I don't know where that fucking came from. Uh, she's on Facebook uh, and Legacy.com. Uh, and obituaries. obituaries. <laughs> Rest in peace, Doris <laughs> Perkins. We barely knew ye. And there's one from Red uh, Redmond over by us. Wow, uh, at smart, small smart, world. At Smart Cremation Tributes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Everyone named Doris Perkins is dead. But... <laughs> But um, <laughs> anyway, Doris Perkins, Doris, <laughs> Doris, Doris Roberts is the sweet pig mom, and she comes, comes in from and, work. and she's like, "Oh, come get dinner, boys!" And they all sit down at the table. They're like, "Yay, slop!" And before they even start eating, she's like, "Oh, by the way, it's time for you boys to move out." 
and they're like whining and crying and uh, going wee wee wee. Um, I want to stay home, but uh, <laughs> they they are clamoring to stay home, and she literally says, "I can't afford you anymore." Like, which okay, it's okay. That's bullshit because you'll notice that their dad isn't in the picture. He passed away, but apparently he left them all an inheritance of a million dollars each and just buried it in the mud. And so then she's like, okay, it's time for you to move out. Um, here's a million dollars from your dad. So then they start they start walking out and um, Billy Crystal says they should pool their money together. There's no point in like separating. You could just have one super cool house together. Just live together as the brothers. You know what's really weird? Um, so earlier we were watching this video about Fry's Electronics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, kind of like the same thing happened, right? That like their dad made like $14 million from his Fry's supermarket chain. And then when he sold the company off, he gave $1 million each to his three sons. And then the one son was like, I'm going to make an electronics store. And he convinced his two brothers to contribute to invest their no, $2 million. And that's a, how Fry's Electronics got started. He made a computer store because he was a computer science major. Yeah. He knew how to run a business from his dad. <laughs> and he was a computer science major. I was like, that makes sense. Oh, my God. The three little pigs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rest in peace, Fry's Electronics. But the, the next thing that happened was they were like, fuck you, Larry, a.k.a. Billy Crystal. I'm going to go east, and I'm going to go west. And they all go off and do their own thing. Then we see... They go to the market to try to, like, find materials to build their house. They all go different directions, but they all end up at the same market somehow. Yeah. We see Stephen First's character first. Um, he goes there, and he finds the, the dealer. <laughs> we see Stephen First first. Yes. Um, I'm we, sorry. <laughs> we see him go to the dealer... And he wants to buy straw because it's cheap. And the guy's like, don't you want something more robust? So he's like, no, straw, it's fucking cheap. Give me the straw. Yeah, he's like, nah, that'll do. Yeah. And that'll like, do, pig. <laughs> God damn it. The, the, the vendor literally tries to tell him, uh, you should try something more robust than straw. Something substantial. And uh, he's like, no, fuck it, it's cheap. I want it cheap, cheap and fast. So then he goes and builds a straw house and then we see um, Fred Willard there and he is at the bar. There's a root beer bar that's just there and he's just drinking root beer, talking about not caring about the world. He doesn't, he's not going to build a house. He's a womanizer that he just wants to spend all of his money hanging out at the root beer bar and this, like, super hot lady pig comes up. Her name's um, Tina. Tina. Played by Valerie Perrin. Who was... The first woman to appear naked on American television. She's a former Playboy playmate. Yeah, and um, they definitely... It's not like they're like, oh, here's a serious acting role for you, ma'am. You respected female actress. They're like, <laughs> you get to play a sexy pig. She's dressed um, sort of like Victorian. 
yeah like the corset and the big like hoop skirt umbrella the whole the weird floopy hat floopy <laughs> and she's definitely got like cleavage showing oh yeah a lot mad of mad pig cleavage she's painted pink painted pink with a big nose um but there's saxophones playing in the background when she's on screen so we know that she's sexy and she walks up to the bar and um you know the womanizer pig is all like hey baby why don't you go on a date with me or something and she's like well do you have a house do you have a house and he's like no, no. and she's like well no house no date call me when you have a house and yeah. she lives gives him a business card that just says tina and like her number on it i imagine supposed to i imagine there was a number on it in the fanciful world of the fairy tale theater but the card literally just says tina in giant yeah. font yeah and so then um so then Im immediately he's like dude i gotta get a house and so he <laughs> like he runs down to the market and he's talking to the guy and the guy's like well we got these bricks here that'd be really great for building a house he's and like, he's like no not cheaper i need i need faster and he's like well he's like how about these sticks he's like the sticks would work mm -hmm. but you know if you put sticks up you should get some of this corrugation and he has right. like steel siding mm -hmm. and he's like nah Nah, sticks are fine. The, I just need a house, man. And he installs a telephone in his house. Much later. Much later, but um, it's so he can finally call Tina and be like, all right, I got a house. Let's go. Conditions met. And then, then we see Billy Crystal. He starts, but he buys bricks. Billy Crystal's character uh, also draws up a blueprint because he's an artist. I guess that makes sense. I made see, him an artist earlier. He has a book on how to build a house. And it's like first get some bricks. Page one, like get brick. No, the first step was um was get land. Yeah, get some land. Step two was like make a plan. Step three, get your materials. Step four, build the house. So he gets to step four, and he's like, "What? That's it? Like no no further instructions? Just how? Just build the house? First, you draw a circle." <laughs> Then you draw the rest of the owl. <laughs> First I draw this head, then I erase more of the detailed parts, and there, a perfect circle. <laughs> so he, he builds his like house, and this is around the time we start, we get introduced to Jeff Goldblum. He's the big bad wolf. He lives in a cave, and Brandis Kemp does the voiceover as his nagging wife, who says that coyotes are coming over. They like pig, go get a pig, and he's like, I don't... I don't like the coyotes. And she's like, I don't care. Go get a pig. And he's like smoking cigar, drinking beer. Yeah. Like just popping open like a bottle, just chugs. He's like, fine. He like downs the rest of this bottle of beer. Like he goes and leaves and he's got this big fur coat on. Then he goes and finds Tina's on the way. On the way. On the way to Stephen's house. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, on the way to uh, Fred Willard's house. So, so then he. Um, and she is hitting on him. She's like, oh, you're a big, strong wolf. And then he's just like, nah, I'm married. So this is the part, though. This is the part where we get Fred Willard installs the phone. He installs the phone in his house and he calls Tina. And this is around the time I said, what point and what what time frame does this come and take place? Because they got a phone. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And oh, then, like what in history? Yeah. Like, well, what time frame would this be taking place in? I mean, it seems like a pretty simple society. Judging on the phone that he's using, it's, it's like a, one of those like old. It's a very old phone, like a separate head. Uh, like piece. before rotary, like even older than that. What are those phones called? It's, I think just a vintage kind. Of, you just know what they're called? Super vintage. The kind where it's like a stick. And, and it's a stick and you and, hold the piece up to your ear and it's got a hook that the earpiece hangs on and yeah. you pull it off yeah and he even had trouble using it yeah, he had so to like, like ask the guy installing the phone but like, he, he, he acted like he had had a phone before he's like I've, I've had a phone before he's like this is the part I'm talking right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that means I listen to this one right mm-hmm. and, but uh but then but here's why I question it because we see Tina's house and it's a suburban home it is a modern suburban home. She has like like a like a couch and everything. You just mm-hmm. I think they really just filmed that part in Valley Parents' house. I <laughs> 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 just took the camera crew over and just Maybe. filmed it in Valley Parents' house. Yeah, it looked like a very modern early eighties home. Yeah, but uh, she he calls her. He's like, "Hey, it's uh, it's me, um, Paul." And she's like, oh, thinks it's a different Paul. He's like, no, Paul from the market? She doesn't even re- remember this guy. She's like, oh, that Paul. <laughs> and he's like, I got a house, bro. Let's let's go. She's like, well, all right. I said I would date you if you got a house, so I'm committed. <laughs> Good on her. Like, she's a woman. She's a sow of her word. <laughs> so she starts walking over there, and this is when the big bad wolf... Uh, blows down um he's looking for a pig still he goes and finds um the straw house straw house and he blows it down he huffs and he puffs and he blows it down and he's looking for the pig but the pig's like hiding under the straw so he doesn't see him he's like well guess i gotta find another pig and then he walks off and we all know how the story goes it's but then is that when he finds is that when he finds the the straw stick house yeah so before he, after t- tina um it's such a short story it gets much more convoluted than yeah so like the three little pigs is a really simple story but because these episodes are like an hour long they have to kind of flesh it out with more story and character and like a real story <laughs> yeah so they had they took some liberties with it but I think they did a good job. I think they did a good considered. job. So, so then he goes and he gets a um, Fred Willard's house. He blows it down. Similar story. Fred Willard is like hiding in the rubble. Uh, he's like, "Well, fuck! I gotta go find another pig." And then he runs. He leaves. He finds Tina. And he starts flirting with Tina, or Tina starts flirting with him. And he's like, "I just want to eat you." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's like, "No." But she wants to go out with him, but he just wants to eat her. And then he finds, she's like, "I'm married. I just want to eat you for dinner." <laughs> and she's like, "Well, no." And she like leaves. He's like, "I gotta go find another pig now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. He tries to go home, and he tells his wife. Like, Why don't we just have some squirrels? Yeah. And she's like... Oh, he says this while, like, literally, like, drinking a beer. He comes home exasperated from trying to find pigs, and he, like, plops down on a chair that they have in front of their cave. Opens up this conspicuous brown glass bottle without a label on it. It's in a cooler of ice with other <laughs> brown bottles. Brown glass bottles. <laughs> and he pops off the cap, and he starts drinking it. So like, why don't we have some squirrels or something and she's like now we're 
like pigs. Go out and get a pig. Like she's just yelling at him. He rolls his eyes. He chugs the rest of the bottle, throws <laughs> it, and like lights a cigar and fucking leaves. Yeah, it's crazy because like children's media, you cannot make any references to like tobacco or alcohol, let alone any other kinds of drugs. I think you can with alcohol now, but you have to like, you know, call it root beer and stuff. So. Well, that's what I mean that like they can allude to it. You know, there are like definitely parallels, but when it comes to like actually like alcohol and tobacco, they don't. Right, right. Tobacco, yes. But I feel like, you know, you can allude to alcohol. This sure, time. sure. But and like, I think it's because alcohol is even though I feel like it's more imitatable, it's not as frowned upon because it's like everybody fucking drinks. But versus mm. like tobacco, it's like, oh, it's super addictive. And then it's also going to kill you. Another. So on that same line, something that's really interesting is that. Um, so Razzmatazz Entertainment distributed the particular tapes that we have, as well as Cabin Fever Entertainment. And that company is actually owned by U.S. Tobacco. Really? Yeah. U.S.T. Inc., a holding company, uh, the biggest producer of snuff and chewing tobacco, whose subsidiaries included U.S. Smokeless Tobacco Company and International Wine and Spirits LTD. They own Cabin Fever Entertainment, and I believe later they sold that company to Hallmark. But they didn't have anything to do with this when the show was being okay, produced. That was, that was my next question. Yeah. I had no idea about that. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so Big Bad Wolf leaves, and then we see Tina get to the house, and then you got two pigs like hiding in a fucking log. And she's like, this is your house? It's a pile of sticks. And he's like, what? <laughs> Shit went down. And then they decide to go hoof it over to... <laughs> I'm not even trying for all these fucking puns. Like, last hamming night. it up, fucking hoofing it. Like, La you made a good one last night, too. Like, there was remember. a scene when, like, Tina came over to um, the guy's house, and he's, like, on the phone with her or something. I don't know. Like, he's talking to her, and she's and you're just like, oh, I want a pork? <laughs> Like, wow yeah good one i i don't even try they just it's bad anyway <laughs> pig puns are so easy to make like so they, they get to billy crystal's house and the brick house the brick house and it's a very large house she it's, mighty mighty <laughs> it's, a, it's a large house it's he's got like a wheelbarrow in front with like one of those like uh wheelbarrows that people put out of their house that they actually just fill with dirt and put some like plants in there like it's a like decorative it's a decorative wheelbarrow and it's got like a paved fucking like walkway to the door yeah he put a lot of effort into his it's house like a it's a legitimate really nice. house mm -hmm. oh, oh we, we, we missed when the mom comes to the stick house the mom came over to the steakhouse right. to see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then, because he was having a housewarming party, they all come over to the steakhouse and there's fucking nothing and there's no room. It's like, this is fine. Look, I got the party place over there, over here. It's it's great. And then they all like dance, but they can't fucking move. And <laughs> obviously, uh, Fred Willard is just, uh, he's a schlub. Oh, yeah, because Billy Crystal's character, um, you know, he plays the oboe. So when they're having their dance party, like they're like, yeah, play us a song. And so he starts like playing the oboe, but the the music that they put in over him playing is like a trombone or something. And just as someone who was in band for many years, it like triggers me. I'm like, that's not what an oboe sounds like. So after the, that part, I, that's so forgettable. But, you know, I'm glad that Doris Roberts got another scene or mm -hmm. so. 
Yeah, she deserves it. But then uh, they get to uh, Billy Crystal's house. Big Bad Wolf wants to huff and puff and blow the house down. And they start taunting him. Not by the hair, my chinny chin chin. They're doing that. And mm-hmm. he keeps trying. They have... There's a really good effect when he blew down the first two houses where it was like shot in slow motion. And then yeah, and the whole house just like collapses. <laughs> there's a, a good effect that they had. There's some kind of inflation device in the wolf costume. So when he inhaled his chest, it like inflated and puffed out. Yeah, so it was really cool. Like, honestly, a lot of the the makeup and the costumes in this, like if I was to watch this without any context of knowing who was in it, I probably wouldn't have caught on right away that it was Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah, for sure. I had no idea it was Jeff Goldblum. I mean, I knew it was Jeff Goldblum, but it doesn't look like it. No, even on the cover. Yeah. Like, you can't, like, because with the pigs, you know, they just have noses on. But they have the, noses and, like, a hood. Yeah, the costumes they're wearing are, like, hoods to do, like, the pig ears and stuff. So you can still see their face. Although I have to say that, <laughs> what's his name? Fred Willard. Fred Willard looks kind of like Norm MacDonald. Yeah, because Fred, it doesn't say Fred Willard on the front. No, right? it, it says Billy says Crystal, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum, Valerie Perrin. Mm-hmm. So we got it. I'm like, who the fuck are the rest of these guys? And like, I post a picture. I'm like, that guy, this guy looks like Norm fucking MacDonald. And then one of my friends replied, oh, that's Fred Willard. And lo and behold, yeah, it is the legendary Fred Willard, but he doesn't get a front credit on the box yeah. for some reason yeah they totally screwed the, it the, the props the the backdrops and the settings are all inspired by specific artists and ch- children's book illustrators mm-hmm. so there's a lot of really great stuff there's a lot of there's a lot of care put into the presentation of these so these are actually really interesting i understand why that guy's like oh i want to collect these these are like 100 percent well done i know we tr- tend to like make fun of shit on this show but There's not a lot to make fun of. This is just an interesting piece of history that we found. Yeah, like, from the cover, we didn't know anything about Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater. So, like, on first glance, it looks really low budget. And we were like, why are all of these big actors in this low budget theater production of the three little pigs it seemed really bizarre but the more we dove into it and watched it it's actually pretty charming and they add to the story there were some ways i didn't care for like i didn't you know like the whole womanizing pig angle like i was like this yeah, is kind of weird did we need to add a fourth pig that was yeah. a former playboy playmate yeah i and don't the, think so but it's like a nod to maybe like parents watching this with their kids because it was it did air on showtime there was there was a few jokes that were kind of like over a kid's head Mm -hmm. that would be definitely over a kid's head they made some reference to peter paul and mary which um i'm not very familiar with except for that fucking britney spears song three that came out a while back and it was like a song about having a threesome (laughs) And in the chorus, she says, Peter, Paul, and Mary. And I had to, like, look that up. And I was like, how dare you? It's a, it's a folk group. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it was used in, like, a threesome context. Well, they, they, yeah, they, they, and I was like, oh, God, that's, like, that's what I'm thinking about when I hear that. Oh, because Peter, Paul, and Larry were the names of, of the pigs, right? Yeah. So then, anyway, we get yeah. to the fucking... <laughs> brick house he can't blow down and jeff goldblum passes out mm-hmm. and they take advantage of the situation by putting together a plot to uh 
take out the pig. So they had... Take out the wolf. Yes, take out the wolf. So they had Fred Willard because he knew how to... Oh, I forgot. He built his house out of sticks because he... Because, quote, girls like wood. Oh, my God. Oh. That's what he said. I oh, forgot. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, oh, jeez. So they ask him, like, you, you know how to build a ladder? He's like, yeah. So they put together a ladder that they... And then they just go camp. They, they, uh, Billy Crystal goes onto the roof and waits for the big, big bad wolf to wake up. He's like, oh, no, the wolf is awake. Ah, I'm up here on the roof. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to get up on that roof. I'm going to get off on the roof. I'm going to I'm going to eat you. He's, he's like, like oh, how do I get up there? He's like, don't, don't use, use the ladder. ladder. <laughs> he's like the ladder. What <laughs> ladder? He's like behind the bush there. No, to the left. <laughs> Your other left. <laughs> he's like literally directing him. And Bill, uh, um, Jeff Goldblum tries to act like he's like, he's like I'm going to get off the roof after the pig's like, you should come get me on this roof. <laughs> you should use the ladder. He's like, I'm going to use the ladder. As if he comes to this conclusion on his own, uh -huh. he puts his ladder up. I was expecting the ladder to, like, break. It is made of sticks, isn't it? It, 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 it was made out of actual lumber. Oh, okay. Like, I, I thought it was going to be a stick ladder, but no, apparently uh, Fred Willard knows how to actually... Why didn't he just build a wood house? Because he was lazy, he wanted to get fucking laid. Oh, he was quicker. Yeah. But they did show him like cutting the sticks. Remember, he's like, yeah, he at least cut the sticks he, and was like, look at all the work I put into making these sticks and like house. <laughs> all the all the pigs apparently know how to cut wood because when we saw saw the straw house, also the like support beams were made out of like lumber, out of like yeah. two by fours, mm -hmm. and then they just used the sticks for like and sticks and the straw to like be around it mm -hmm. which i guess yeah you know, fair they make a structural support and then they make that makes more sense than just like i'm gonna get some straw to just like prop it up somehow mm -hmm. uh so then they jump down and they light the fire and they, they jump down the chimney, chimney light the fire put it on they a light the fire and then they convince the wolf to jump down the chimney because well. the the wolf is just like Where'd the pig go? I swear there was a pig up here. How, where'd he go? And, and like, good thing I jumped down that chimney and got away from the wall. Yeah, they they literally have to direct him. You know, don't jump down here. Mm -hmm. I'm inside the house with the other pigs. And he's like, I'm gonna go down the chimney. <laughs> he go, jumps down, and then they uh, they had to give Tina something to do. So she has a like a pan in her hand, like a cast iron pan. They're like, get ready, Tina. She's like, yeah. And she's like, pose and ready. He jumps down to the pot. They bonk him on the head. And then they, oh my God, they put it, him on a platter and put him in front of the cave where his wife lives. And they have him bound and gagged like a- Like a suckling pig. They have an apple in his mouth. Now, like the story of the three little pigs, they do- kill the pig the wolf they do kill him that's how it's supposed to be mm -hmm. and they eat him for dinner and instead they I, I thought they were just gonna kill him and eat him for dinner and then they like put him like that in front of them i was very disturbed when i saw that i was like oh my god did they seriously like kill this wolf decorate him like a suckling pig put him on a platter and then deliver him to his wife what the fuck kind of crazy shit is this i would have but loved then, it if he was actually dead but then that was nuts but then he woke up and he, he like, comes oh. out out of the like stupor he's in mm -hmm. you know <laughs> spits out the the apple and he reels on his head he has this giant tumor like like bump. A, like in cartoons when they get hit on the head and they have a big bump <laughs> so there was that that's the three little pigs yeah. starring <laughs> billy crystal jeff and jeff goldblum and um 
Fred Willard and Stephen First. And Valerie Perrin. And Valerie Perrin. And Doris Roberts. And Doris Roberts. <laughs> And many other and that weird actors. neighbor from Friends. <laughs> and there, there's more. There's like, <laughs> there's the 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 telephone guy was an, was a known actor. Just all of it. It's insane how they even get these guys to do it. But uh, the next movie we watched was The Little Mermaid. Yes. But this one is, I think, a little bit less interesting, mostly because The Little Mermaid is a short story. But not as short as the Three Little Pigs. It is a story with a very clear setting, a very clear arc, definitive characters. Yeah, I would say the Three Little Pigs is a fairy tale, but I would say that the Little Mermaid is a story. Yeah, right. It's like, you know what, the original Little Mermaid is what like 40 something pages or something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, it's like 48 pages. Yeah, whereas the Three Little Pigs is like a picture book, you know? You can make that like I said, I could sum up the Three Little Pigs in five sentences like, yeah. and have you have the entire fucking yeah, story. Yeah, but The Little Mermaid is a little more of a complex tale, um, but I think they did a really good job with it. Yeah, I really liked it. It's just uh, it's just not nearly as interesting. It is much more accurate to the book than the Disney version is, mm -hmm. but I feel like every version of The Little Mermaid that came out before Disney's 1989 version is much more accurate to the book. So I think this was... Two years before Friar. Yeah, 87. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the Disney version came out two years after this. Yeah, and uh, the Disney version made it so there's a happy ending where they, yeah. they get together. <laughs> if you don't know the true ending of The Little Mermaid, if you never read the, the book, or if you've never watched any of the older adaptions, if you only watched the Disney ones, because I feel like every other version that has come after the Disney version matches Disney's ending. Yeah, I haven't sure. seen anybody else do the real ending where the Sea Witch has an alternative plot for um, The Little Mermaid that she gives their, her sisters a knife um, after they trade their hair to the witch. They didn't, don't mention that in this, but they're supposed to, they chop off their hair, they trade it to the witch, the witch gives them uh, a knife, they give the knife to her, and she has to kill the prince. Mm -hmm. And when the blood from his heart strikes her feet, it turns back into a, a tail. Because if she doesn't, she turns into sea foam and just dies. Yeah. So basically, her name is Pearl, and she's the youngest daughter of King... Um, Neptune. King, ne King Neptune under the sea. And it's really interesting that the way they try to portray them being underwater is they have these fans blowing in their hair, so their hair is, like, standing up all the time like it would if they were floating underwater. So I was except like, that's when, a pretty nice touch. Except when they're in the sea, which is Kate. Yeah. But uh, there's not much of a current in a cave. So exactly. It makes perfect sense. Just a nice touch. There's some chroma key effects they do. So yeah. They do some green screen <laughs> to make them swim. Yeah. But you could tell they just had them like sit on like a box that they painted green because <laughs> the tail is like they're sitting down and they're like just waving their arms yeah. like they're swimming. It's pretty cheap looking. But that's fine. It's a children's show. Yeah. It, was, it was good enough. Yeah, otherwise I would say like all the sets are good. All the costumes are good. The makeup is good. Karen Black plays the sea witch in this and I thought that she did a wonderful job. She had a couple lines that were, you know, a little funny. Um, she's singing uh, she was just having a good time with it, and so I really liked her character. Yeah, everyone had a really good time with this. I I have nothing that's negative to really say. Mm -hmm. It's it was a good adaption. Like they even mentioned that when she gets her tail, that I mean when her tail turns to the legs, every time she steps, it's gonna feel like she's walking on glass. 
And in the book, that's because her tail literally like the scales fall off and it splits in half and mm-hmm. it's just raw skin that's stepping on like, you know, the ground and shit. So that would <laughs> definitely hurt. And they they mentioned that that, of course, gets like I said, glossed over in the Disney version. Yeah, this version is I mean, it sticks to all of the brutal shit that's in the original story. I think it's good. Princess Pearl is played by uh, Pam Dauber. Uh, Treat Williams plays the prince. Helen Mirren is the other princess mm-hmm. that Prince is in love with. Yeah. And King Neptune is played by Brian Denny. Someone say my name. Who are you? I'm Brian Dennehy. What? No, not fucking Brian Dennehy. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, bye. So it hits all the points. And what I do love is like, they explain why the ship catches on fire mm-hmm. with uh, they're lighting off fireworks and they show like they show a guy carrying like a powder keg. Yeah, the sailors on the boat. They're they're carrying uh, the powder keg to the cannon where they're shooting off the fireworks and they show that it's like dripping like a trail of gunpowder. And then when they're like launching off fireworks celebrating the prince's birthday, the sparks hit the other trail and it it causes like a a small fire and that goes into the underground where they have all the other gunpowder stored and causes an explosion and we see people were in there and they like get pulled out they're like dying is it still called underground if it's on a boat yes (laughs) (laughs) so i mean what do you call what do you call that the uh, basement the, the lower deck oh it's literally what we call the lower deck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they like abandoned ship, and like there's a lot of like back and forth of like it's comedic, and Princess is in love with this guy, and she saves him, washes it, uh, puts him onto the mermaid. Yes. Yeah. The mermaid yeah, the is yeah. in the water watching mm-hmm. the guys on the boat, specifically the prince. And she's like enamored with him. And then the ship blows up and then he's drowning. So she saves him and brings him up to the shore. Then she goes and talks to the sea witch. Sea witch is like, oh yeah, I know what you want. Yeah. You want uh, you want that prince. So here's the deal. And she gives him the deal. But it's a it's a shitty deal. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's like, okay, I'll give you legs. But one, it's going to hurt really bad when you walk on them. Two, you'll never be able to see your family again three you won't be able to talk and four if he falls in love with someone else you will die i don't remember if they gave her a time frame like yeah she did yeah, she she went frame. yeah before she drank the potion she's like okay but like if he falls in love with someone else and they get married when the sun comes up after their wedding you will turn into sepo i mean like like did she give him like like a week or whatever the fuck like do you have like five days to make him fall in love with you i don't know it was just like you know if he falls in love with someone else and so then we see her wash up on the beach and the other princess had found the prince at the same place yeah so when the prince drowned and she brought him to the shore he's passed out there and then there's this these, princess from another these, kingdom yeah and they're walking on the beach and they find him and then they bring him in but i guess he was already a prince yeah, he's a prince so she, he came back home yeah so she she threw him onto the beach nearby his like his home and then this other princess was there because 
they're the two kings were like, oh yeah, we can join our kingdoms if we get our mm-hmm. our kids to get married. Classic kingdom shit. And so uh, she was already there, probably like, where the fuck is Andrew? Mm. And then she's like, oh fuck, Prince Andrew's like almost dying. Yeah. And then so they start, you know, okay. uh, because then when they find her, she's like, this is right where I found you. But before that happens, they're talking about the joining of the kingdoms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think that's dumb. She's like, yeah, me too. I, yeah, like, I don't want to just marry someone I don't know because it makes the kingdom stronger or whatever. So they both don't want to get married, but that's also a point of, like, bonding. Like, you know, we both agree on this. Yeah. This is fine. <laughs> I don't want to marry you. Yeah, me neither cool let's, let's get, get married, married. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they rescue her they're like oh fuck let's rescue this woman and then like they bring her in and they try to feed her and she's like oh i just i just eat fish after he tries to give mm-hmm. her like bacon and she's sausage. basically just like using miming like, miming to communicate because she can't talk to them you know they're like where are you from what's your name and she can't say anything they're like oh she can't speak and uh everything seems fine and then like she gets dressed and princess forget her name but helen mirren starts getting kind of jealous when she's like oh you uh you're out here now and helen mirren can tell that princess pearl's trying to flirt with the prince well yeah the prince is flirting with her too the whole time he's just like wow isn't she beautiful and it's like bro it's like dude the girl that's your fiance (laughs) and then uh he makes Helen Mirren start playing the piano as he dances around with um, Princess Pearl. Yeah. And you get then Helen Mirren just looking like pissed, but she's complying. She's, she's playing like, the piano like super hard, like, like she's getting pissed super off. Super aggressive. <laughs> and then uh, they they go out someplace, and then the prince is like, you know, Helen Mirren said the craziest thing. She thinks you're in love with me. No, he says this when um when like so pearl is out on her balcony at night and she's looking out into the ocean and her two sisters come up oh, and yeah. start singing to her and she's crying because she misses her home and her family and that's when the prince comes in and is like oh my gosh like are you crying don't cry this is kind of where he like you know brings that up like she thinks you're in love with me you're not in love with me are you and she just kind of looks like yeah she kind of nods and you're like oh uh i thought you understood like yeah and he's just like well you know you'll find somebody yeah (laughs) it's the exact opposite of the disney version where he like falls in love with her yeah he's like whoa he's just like you'll be fine he's like you'll find somebody like i'm marrying her like i thought you understood that Uh like she's we're getting married and yeah but that's fine like we were helping you out like <laughs> which fair like and feels bad man he mm-hmm. just let her on like yeah for sure totally yeah. he kept making all these comments about how beautiful she is and how adorable she is and all this stuff and he just like, meant it so innocently like, he's like oh yeah she's adorable like mm-hmm. i'm still gonna marry you helen mirren yeah i do have to say like an, an overarching theme we see in these fairy tale theater is committed husbands <laughs> <laughs> that like they have these opportunities to cheat and they just don't take them <laughs> this is fair yeah. the big bad wolf is not that bad he's of a not guy. that bad 
God. He also didn't want to get a fucking pig. He's no. like, you really? Like, his wife is the big bad wolf here. She's like insistent, and yeah. he's just like stuck with her. Is divorce a thing in wolves? <laughs> a wolf divorce. Wolf, wolf divorce, divorce court. court. <laughs> So, that's my new band name <laughs> so then the wedding's about to happen right mm -hmm. and they're on the boat they're getting married on the ship because he's like a sailor that was his thing looking mm -hmm. for new land and she's still there she's tagging along and that's when the sister like hey we've made a deal with the witch here's the knife you gotta kill him and then they're sleeping together and then she brings the knife into the room and mm -hmm. she's about to like stab him but she's contemplating and uh, she can't do it. Yeah, because, like, so they get married at, like, nighttime or, like, later in the day. Yeah. And so then they, you know, presumably consummate their marriage because they're laying in bed yeah. naked together. When this ship's a-rockin'. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and so, like, you know, you can see that the sun is coming up. Right. And so she knows she's running out of time. And like she has this knife from her sisters and she's standing over him with the knife it's like It's literally do or die. Yeah, like I have to kill him or I will die. And she drops the knife and is just like, I can't do it. They don't show her dissolve into like seafoam. They, no. they just kind of like cowards. They they talk about it. They they we have Brian Dennehy like giving the uh, narration explaining, and they have like superimposed like headshots of her like smiling and shit. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think they showed like the the prince going, "Hey, where the fuck is Pearl?" The no, next morning. the story just ends there. Yeah, that's it. It should have been. They should have been shown like, "Hey, where'd she go? What 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 happened? What happened?" Maybe they could have you know shown the funeral. <laughs> I, I, I would have at least like to see some sea foam something it's it really does feel strange how it's just very abrupt like and she didn't do it she so joined, she she died she, she joined foam. doris pinkerton or whatever what was the name we said earlier doris, i don't remember she doris joined perkins her, doris perkins, doris perkins. <laughs> she joins doris, doris perkins in many, heaven many many doris perkins <laughs> But this again had like an all-star cast. He had, you know, Lorraine Newman as a as Coral, and there's just not as many characters in this. Mm -hmm. There's not as many characters in this that are worth noting because there was the captain, there was the first mate. They those were played by like you know large actors as well, but they had such minor roles. Yeah, it's very strange because, like I said, it, it's 50 minutes. So this actually is the opposite effect from the Three Little Pigs, where this little version of Little Mermaid, while being accurate to the book, still feels very rushed in comparison to mm -hmm. like any, a lot of other versions where it's like an hour and a half. I think you need like like at least an hour and a half to properly tell The Little Mermaid. Yeah, we watched the the anime version. Mm -hmm. We had this moment where we wanted to watch like nostalgic stuff from our childhood. I am a big fan of Toei Animation's 1978 version of uh, The Little Mermaid. Yeah, it's and I never seen it. So he showed it to me recently and it's like it's like full length, right? It's, like an it's hour a and full half. length um uh version of it. it it's one hour 14 minutes yeah so and they actually show boobs in that one yeah, too there's there's boobies in there mm -hmm. anime titties <laughs> very small anime titties and i think and you should not look at them in that way because i believe she's like 14 yeah <laughs> so like you know cut that shit out japan <laughs> um 
Like, so I guess it's 1975, but mm -hmm. 70 minutes. So it's at least 20 more minutes than this. So like you, this is only a 50 minute tape and that doesn't include the couple minutes of, hi, I'm Shelly Duvall <laughs> at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, so you do definitely need a little bit longer to tell the full story properly because it's felt a bit rushed versus a little uh, three little pigs where it's like we got a five page storybook we're yeah. stretching out in they 50 had minutes to pad that one out which i feel is probably easy i don't know which one would be easier would it be easier to like pad out the th three little pigs or to cut things from the little mermaid um i don't know i feel like adding to the three little pigs because it's like what do you even have to work with you know what i mean yeah. it's just so simple such a simple story yeah yeah, because I mean, apparently the Disney version cut out tons from the Little Mermaid, and they did just fine. Absolutely, so. they they made an absolute fuck ton of money off of that mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah, I haven't really watched it since I was a kid. Apparently, my mom said I used to watch it on tape like so much that it was annoying. But I really don't even remember much about it. I loved the Little Mermaid as a child. It's uh, literally one of my favorite like stories um i really do enjoy it. every form of the little mermaid that i can watch i i liked i liked the disney version uh that came out the year after i was born i watched a lot my mom will tell you that like you know <laughs> i used to sing the songs all the time she makes she makes fun of how i even pronounce it as like a three-year-old you know instead of under the sea i would say under the he because i couldn't pronounce C. oh <laughs> she'll make fun of me for it still to this day oh 30 something years later do you remember the um the little mermaid animated series yeah uh, the Little Mermaid animated series was really interesting because it was on the Disney Channel and they had a deaf mute uh, person of color mermaid. Yeah. So I just, uh, I just uh, so there's this podcast that I listen to. Shout outs to Escape from Vault Disney. Really awesome podcast where they listen to random stuff on Disney Plus. They did a Patreon month where someone recommended that they watch a very specific episode of the little mermaid animated series and it was like some it was like season three episode three and it was about this mad scientist doing crab experiments and so there's this like <laughs> this like running gag in that show about crab experiments and so as a podcaster now i feel like i i cannot mention the little mermaid without making a crab experiments reference so, you know, if you're interested in crab experiments, go check out that episode. And please, please do a crossover with us. I watched please. I, I watched the show a bit because um, I had Disney Channel for a bit when I lived in California still. But when we moved to Washington, uh, we no longer had it because at that point, Disney Channel was still part of a premium cable package instead of a basic cable package. Mm. Um, so I watched a lot more Nickelodeon at that point. But uh, I really did love The Little Mermaid. I watched the TV show. I watched the Disney Channel movie, the Disney movie a lot. I watched the anime version a whole lot. You watched the sequel? No. Return to the Sea or nope. whatever? Mm -mm, oh, man. That's a... That is that something. Will, that will ruin it for you. That is, how come I have not seen it? <laughs> I saw that, I saw like the preview of it. I rem don't remember what Disney Channel, Disney movie I was watching. And it was like in the previews before, now our pre feature presentation. <laughs> before that, uh, and I was just like, nope, I am not watching that. That looks like shit. That's the one where she gets like a daughter, right? Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she does like the same exact thing. It's basically just like that Disney direct-to-video sequel formula where they're like, they got a, they got a kid, the kid does the same 
same thing. The kid does the same thing with half the animation budget. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, hey, it's not as bad as Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. Is that real? That's, <laughs> that's fucking real. Fuck, okay. I have not watched any of those. The closest thing, I think, is actually the first one I, the first one I tried, which was, you know, um, Return Jafar. Oh, yeah. I think it was the first time they tried doing that. But it, I feel like people generally liked that movie. Return to Return Jafar was not as good, but it was still okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all things considered, like, in the pool of Disney direct-to-video sequels, it's not that Yeah, bad. I mean, at the same time, it's one of those things, it, it was their first time attempting that, so of course mm -hmm. they put more effort into it to see if the, if it sticks to the wall, and yeah. it did, so now it's like, cool, now we can crank out Lion King two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, what was there was a Beauty and the Beast, like two and a half or one and a half or something that was like Belle's Enchanted Christmas or Beast's Enchanted Christmas. No, they It's did, so bad. They did all kinds of shit like that. Yeah, it's, just it's bad, dude. Terrible. <laughs> I don't watch any of those. I barely watch Disney mm -hmm. movies. They're not really my thing. Yeah. Well, Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. Check uh, them out. They're actually interesting. Um, they're they are clearly designed to not only appeal to children, uh, but as the tape implies in the previews, that uh, children and also the children at heart. Yeah, and if you're just a fan of theater, you know, like you like watching a production. I mean, I've always been interested in theater. I love the way, um, like, sets and costumes and all that stuff. Like, I've seen what it takes for people to come together to build those things, and they look like plays. They look like plays, and they don't try to be anything more than that, so I respect that. They're a well-done play. Like, there's definitely multiple camera angles, so don't think you're just looking at one static camera angle like a play. No, it's made for TV. It's a it's a made-for-TV play. So the sets are, they're TV sets, but they're designed to look like... Like theater, theater sets. sets. that are designed by well-renowned storybook artists. Yeah. So... Yeah, so... There's nothing negative here. At the beginning of each tape, they show kind of like a preview of the other fairy tale theater tapes to try to get you to buy all of them. And um, they showed one from the Beauty and the Beast, and I had a moment where I had to pause the tape because the Beast in the fairy tale theater version looks just like Jean Cocteau, who is the original creator of La Belle et la Bette, the original Beauty and the Beast story. And so for a second, I thought that it was like, you know, a colored version of the original movie. But then when I was looking into it, apparently they did go to a lot of the source material when creating these. So the storybooks and all that, they really did take inspiration from all of that. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, like Fred, uh, <laughs> not Fred Fox. No, I don't know why I want to Fred Fox. Uh, so the first episode was, was starring Robin Williams. Yeah, the the pilot episode. The pilot first. episode was done was was the frog Robin Williams in the Frog Prince, and that was the story that Shelley Duvall was reading when they were together making um, Popeye, Popeye. Mm -hmm. and she thought it was interesting. She was, how do you feel about that? And he loved it. And, and so he starred in the pilot episode and it, it worked out and you'll see some of your favorite actors and yes. actresses. Mm -hmm. There's in, one where like Pee Wee Herman, yeah. Paul Rubens plays um, Pinocchio. Um, some of these have been directed by some really 
awesome directors yeah. too. Like we have Tim Burton and uh, I want to say like, was it Kubrick? Wait, no, Francis Ford Coppola. I'm like, I don't think she would work with Kubrick ever again. <laughs> I can't imagine. Can you imagine Stanley Kubrick trying to do a fairy tale theater? What like, would he? What story would he do? It would definitely. like Cinderella, like those birds pecking out eyes and shit at the end, and they're cutting off their feet and stuff. I feel like Stanley Kubrick would actually really want to do The Little Mermaid. I feel like that one's pretty brutal with like and like you'd have a really intense shot of like the the tail splitting and the oh scales falling off. Yeah, and you could do a lot of like psychological horror with like, you know, the jealousy and the Kubrick's not always about psychological horror, but like, you know, he he would do some pretty it would all be practical. Mm-hmm. It would all be very practical. Like, yeah. they would be underwater. <laughs> they would be literally underwater. underwater. Like, and they'd be like, and he'd be like, no, you're not allowed to breathe. <laughs> it makes it seem more real. I mean, just talking about Shelley Duvall and Stanley Kubrick for a second, like, I don't know. We can't talk about Shelley Duvall without talking about the actual, like, torment that she went through with The Shining. That's like the role that she's most known for. And I didn't know this, but when I was researching this, apparently her um, performance in The Shining was totally canned at first. She won a golden Razzie for her performance in The Shining. But over time, people have learned like, oh shit, like you can actually see the fear in her eyes and in her face. Like, that is incredible acting. And, you know, the fact that I think I read the scene with the bat, she had to, he made her do that like 127 times and like isolated her and just like put her through hell. And I mean, we got a performance of a lifetime out of it, but seeing the state that Shelley Duvall is in now and recently, it's really sad. Yeah. That is a it is unfortunate what's happened with her, mm -hmm. but it is method acting. It is it, it is nice to go back to these fairy tale theaters and you know once upon a time when everything was okay. <laughs> there's the, always a the rumor of uh, the conspiracy theory that Stanley Kubrick, because of his work on 2001, uh, helped make fake the moon landing. Right, <laughs> and like I tell people, like, oh yeah, Stanley Kubrick totally did, and like really, and then, you know, a, a people on when they believe that, and like yeah, but you know, if you know anything about Stanley Kubrick, he's very very practical and everything has to be authentic like yeah that's how come that's gonna look so real it's like yeah and stanley kubrick if you know anything about his directing style he would have made him shoot on location <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did film the moon landing but it, well, it would have been shot on location yeah it was on the moon exactly that that's his style if you know actually know stanley kubrick's style then shoot <laughs> fuck it he helped with the moon landing and they would have shot it on location <laughs> but I think that does that does wrap it. There's not a whole lot left to talk about with this. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're fairy tales. We're all familiar with the stories. There's, we're not treading any new ground here. But I do think that the I'm, actual production and like thinking about this show as a whole is way more interesting than the stories. I mean, themselves. you'll you'll get something out of it. Like the Three Little Pigs. It's a short story, so they they expanded on it. You had an hour, so some of these. And are, Jeff Goldblum is just like you know 
He's Jeff Gold. No pun intended. He's hamming it up. He did. It was great. It was Just great. His it, little quirky quips. It was fun to watch. Yeah, because it's for children. So mm-hmm. you can do that and you can be over the top and be very exaggerated in your acting style. And it's children's theater. It works. I'm going to watch the rest of these. I believe they're out there for streaming somewhere out there. Um, I did see there is a, someone compiled a playlist on YouTube of a bunch of uh, popular episodes. So if you want to check it out, you probably find it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I would like to watch more. They're short and it's familiar stories with familiar actors. And so it's just kind of fun to watch. Yeah, they're fun. Mm-hmm. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. We are at VH Saturday Podcast. If you would like to send us a message, you want to give us a, you know, drop us a line. Hit us up, vhsaturdaypodcast at gmail.com. The website is in the works. We are also now on YouTube. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. And remember, be be kind, kind, rewind. rewind.